friends, um, our, our scriptures, so the first, the Old Testament and the Gospels certainly speak about vocation. It certainly speaks about uh, the calling on one's heart and uh, life, uh, about discipleship. Um, my friends, uh, uh, one of the things that I, I, you pick up from the first reading is the, uh, just kind of the, the simple thing that was going on. The, man, the young man hears, someone's calling me, and it was so familiar to him that uh, he thought it was his, his, what we would know, master, but they don't mean it that way, his, his teacher. And uh, very often, uh, it, it happens that great events uh, begin rather simply. And, um, and this is part of what is happening uh, with the arrival of Jesus in the setting in John's gospel, the public scene. And uh, uh, one of the things John, John writes to the Gentiles, and that's why he's translating, uh, this means that, this means that, because he just assumes you don't know what I'm exactly referring to, so I'm going to tell you what I mean. Um, the meeting between Jesus and his future apostles happened uh, from John's perspective in a very simple way. For some time, uh, Jesus' cousin, remember Jan, John the baptizer, had been telling people that the long-awaited Messiah was close at hand. Uh, one day, we are told in this, this gospel, he's standing on the bank of the Jordan River uh, with two of his disciples. John, had, John the Baptist had disciples, and uh, John and Andrew. And in all, it was in all appearances just another day. There were no signs in the sky. Uh, John doesn't record any voices to be heard from heaven. Everything appears to be just normal. Then a man passes by. There was nothing initially extraordinary about this man, at least not from the outside, for he was dressed just like them, perhaps with the exception of John. <laughs> Remember, John lived in the desert and just had his own thing going on. <laughs> there was nothing, uh, there was no anything special about his background. Remember, in fact, uh, quite to the contrary, uh, Jesus was but the son of a carpenter, a carpenter himself then, uh, as his father was, from a remote little village. Yet on seeing him, John the baptizer becomes excited and says, Behold the Lamb of God. And as John's gospel will go on, he will say, He is the one I have been telling you about, the man who is to come after me. And uh, from the other gospels, John and Andrew, uh, what happens at the urging of John the Baptist, two of his followers uh, kind of very skittishly go near this man named Jesus. They decided to follow the stranger uh, because John said, Do it. And but uh, they didn't have the courage to approach Jesus, as we can, as we surmise from the gospel. And after a little bit of walking, Jesus, we're told, he stopped and turned toward them and said to them, what are you looking for? And in other words, we would understand it as, what is it that you desire from me? And they answered, where are you staying? And the translation uh, from the Greek is, where are you teaching? Where do you teach? Because they know he's a rabbi. So they're asking, where is it that John is in the water <laughs> and John lives in the desert? 
So where do you teach? Jesus responds, come, and you will see. And they went with him. No one knows what they talked about that afternoon. We're just told what time it is. And it was four in the afternoon. Uh, I wonder, what questions did they ask of Jesus? What answers did Jesus give them? One thing is for certain. John and Andrew were greatly impressed by him. We know this because they stayed with him, as we told, uh, to listen to him teaching. But it's the next day. Andrew rushes off to bring his brother. Hey, you're not going to believe what I found. I'm sure he didn't say we. I, I found. Hey, what happened to John the Baptist? <laughs> Forgot to point. Remember, John pointed him out. Huh? This is how St. John describes the first meeting between Jesus and the core group um, that would be known as the Twelve Apostles. It happened so simply and so casually. But this is often how true encounters happen. But in truth, um, this was no near meeting of, of these people. It was an encounter. And my friends, it's not just semantics. There's a big difference between a meeting and, and an encounter with someone. After a meeting, people can still be strangers and go their separate ways. And they may share some thoughts and trivial matters. I thought about myself when I originally lived in Seattle, and I, before I had my automobile, I would wait at the bus stop. And, you know, you know, everyone's buddies at the bus stop. Well, nowadays people can be mean there, but back in that time. You know, and you just talk, and that's a meeting. I met that person. At the, uh, then we get on the bus, and that's the end of that, right? And people go their different ways, but in an encounter... When you encounter someone, I believe folks open their hearts to one another. And uh, as it were, uh, after an encounter, there is a bond between them, a bond that they want to remain. And from time to time, I remember uh, a couple years back, uh, the woman that I went and anointed uh, who told me, Father, you're all I have, you and the parish. That was an encounter. She opened her heart, and it drew me in. You remember, because it was on Good Friday, and I came and I cried here because, she, because of what she said. And that's what I mean. I didn't meet her in the hospice center. I encountered her. And uh, my friends, so to us, we must ask ourselves, have we truly encountered and experienced Christ? This is important. This is, uh, this, it may sound like a strange question. Uh, after all, uh, most of us have known Jesus since we were little. And uh, we pray to him. And uh, don't we receive him in the Holy Eucharist? Yes, but does that mean that you've actually had an encounter of the heart with him? And I don't think it necessarily happens for some folks. So we have to ask ourselves, have I really encountered my Lord? Have I really experienced my Lord? Or have I just met him, heard about him? 
people can sit and stand side by side and engage in superficial conversation and still they may never really encounter each other. They may never truly experience each other. So it could be between us and Christ. And not to experience Christ as Savior, as Lord, and as friend is not to have discovered what Christianity is all about. It is to miss out what discipleship truly means. Christianity and discipleship mean having a relationship of love with Christ. Christianity is a relationship with the Father through Christ. If you're not there, my heart breaks for you because you're not experiencing. You're not encountering. And that's why so many people suffer in the faith. You must ask, do I let my prayers, my religious practices, my religious observances, bring me into a real encounter and experience with Christ? My friends, uh, in the John's Gospel, Jesus was passing by. Christ is ever passing by. He is always available to those who are sincerely looking for him. He never foisters upon our lives because true love never does that to another human. He says to us what he says to John and Andrew. What is it that you desire? Come, come, and you will see. Follow me. If we accept his invitation, he will reveal the very mysteries of the kingdom of God to us in all of its wonder. Sadly, many folks allow Christ simply to pass them by. Simply, they fail to recognize him and have no one to point him out in the way that John pointed him out. There are others who do not recognize him, uh, who recognize him, but do not want to get too involved because uh, if they do this, they're going to have to change their life. I had to. That's probably one of the reasons why I stayed away from the priesthood for so long. Oh, no, I already know what you want. And I'm not ready. Well, it's on God's time. Huh? They're acquainted with this Jesus. They make no sincere effort to really follow him, to enter into that close, abiding relationship with him. And that is a cause for great sadness. My friends, I truly believe that most of us can look back on some encounter with another person that greatly impacted and influenced our lives in the way that parishioner did to mine. I will never forget her. Never. Her kindness, her gentleness, her faith. I only have Jesus, and now I have you, Father. And I have the people of the parish. Said with great love, not despair, but with great love. 
can we say that we have had such an encounter with Christ to hear him say, I love you. Will you follow me? Come and see what I have to show you. My friends, how do we experience? All right, Father, you've just given us a homily, but how do we do this? How, do we, how can we have this? Yes, through our prayers and through the sacraments. Um, but this is what the church is supposed to be doing. This is what the church is supposed to be doing, helping you to experience and to encounter the Lord. That is why the church exists. And it's a lifelong encounter. With all the busyness of what's been going on of late, it's, I keep rethinking and rethinking evangelization, evangelization, evangelization. What is it exactly? And there's definitions everywhere. It's mind-boggling, and sometimes it just makes me nutty in the rectory. And then as I'm preparing this homily, I'm like, here it is. Here is the essence of evangelization. Encounter. Relationship. That's what we're supposed to be about. Now the next thing will be is, how do I make that tangible? <laughs> I'll give it to the staff. Here you guys go do. Father's going to do his office. <laughs> no, can't do it that way. My friends, pray. Pray that as a church we get this down. We get this right. Because our Lord desires this. He desires that you and I bring others to him so that they may encounter and experience. Jesus has so much to share. The mysteries of the kingdom of his Father. And luckily, he has the ability to give us eternal life. We have all of eternal life to know those mysteries. Amen?